Hey everyone, it's Laura and Romy, and you're listening to A Mouthful with Laura and Romy. Burnout is so real. It really is. And you don't know it's coming until it's there. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes you can just have a bad day and that's, that's really where it's amazing to, to be. Uh, you know, an independent contractor or your own business because mm-hmm. then you can take a day off when you want to take a day off. Like, I don't feel like doing this today. Right. I don't want to. And really, sex work is not something you should be doing when you don't feel like doing, even if it's a bad day. Like, I don't want to get up and, like, go to this gangbang. Then, dude, you probably shouldn't go to that gangbang. Then gang don't bang. go, right? <laughs> you really shouldn't, yeah. I mean, in the, in the outside world, outside of porn, people, like, will hesitate and be like, do I take a mental health day or not? It's kind mm-hmm. of a new thing in, like, offices and businesses to take a mental health day. Yeah. And do you know how many people still fight, you know, that fear that they're going to be perceived as weak? Mm-hmm. Someone who needs a mental health day. Someone who has mental health problems. Yeah, and like, and who takes that seriously in many other businesses? That's you think, it. like, your boss at an office, like, would care? Like, I'm sorry, I'm just not emotionally prepared for this meeting today. Yeah, but, like, it's a real thing. And it I really think is. if you can determine that you would do better on another day, hopefully not, you know, five months after you agreed to a meeting. Mm -hmm. But I I think that that's absolutely fair. Yeah, especially, you know, when you do a job like adult entertainment and sex work that requires so much of you. It requires every inch of you, not just physically, but emotionally and intellectually. Like, you have to be very present, or you should be, in any of these sexual encounters, especially when we talk about things like consent. And if you're not not there, if you're not happy, if you're not prepared, it's it's If you're not clear-minded, like, you you really aren't going to be able to um uh what does it represent yourself the right way you know you are your own representative you have to govern for yourself yeah you're only hurting yourself and your own promo and your own brand when you're doing things you don't want to do on a bad day or sticking it out through stuff you shouldn't stick it out for sometimes like if you're uncomfortable i am a habitual burnout victim yeah. Because for me, I get so excited when the workflow is that consistent yeah. and it's going well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's do a little bit more. Let's see if we can push this a little bit further. Let's do a little bit more. You know, this is why cocaine was my favorite drug. <laughs> because it's you like so it, much done. Right. You got so much done. But like, let's keep pushing it. That's just the automatic for me when things are going well oh, and completely. and production is happening and who wants to slow down when you're busy and you're right. making money and we praise workaholics so much we really do mm-hmm. you know and and there is a benefit in being a workaholic mm-hmm. i mean people all the time successful people say like i had to sacrifice a lot to get here yeah that's what you usually are sacrificing things like relationships right. if you are very tunnel vision with your work like you're right. traveling all the time when do you have time to like go out for a date night that's I mean, just really, it. it's when you're in town, when you have a free night. If you don't know me, it's like it's too much of a it's too much of a a, a mission to try and help you get to know me organically these days. Yeah, I mean that. And like, I, how how would somebody do that? How would somebody really actually get to know you if they wanted to? I it's I know me, mm. but getting to know me would mean like probably picking me up and taking me away somewhere for a month, not a week, <gasps> because I have enough reserves in me to yeah. be Laura Desiree for a week. Ooh, that's your dream date? Somebody like just whisked you up. You know what, babe? Let's let's get out of here for my, a minute. My legit dream is I want to be taken by someone. It doesn't need to be a sexual partner. It can be a friend. It can be anyone. I want to be taken by someone who I truly love spending time with and I trust. Mm-hmm. And I want to be taken away to a beautiful setting where I can sit at a typewriter and just clear my head. I love 
and it needs to be a typewriter. I'm oh. I'm I'm bougie like that. I'm a yeah. fancy little old one, you know. Yeah, like but, let's feel the fantasy. I mean, journaling is just one of the things that has quite honestly kept me sane. Really. And hey, maybe I should be a little bit aware of this right now, but I have not been able to do it as mm -hmm. much as I'd like to in recent times. Yeah, because like, you're so busy. That's just it. And yeah. so, like, I can tell, ooh, I wonder if the sacrifice might be some ease in my mind, mm -hmm. likely. Yeah. You know, a bit of that safety feeling because I am running yeah. at all times. And it feels good up yeah. until the moment that it doesn't feel good. Until yeah. you wake up that day and you're like, man, I'm exhausted. You crash. Yeah. Like your body will shut you down if it has to. Yeah, you really, that's why you shouldn't fight with yourself. Eventually, like you are going to hit a wall if you're not taking care of yourself. And mental health and uh, self-care means something different to every person. To some people, it's taking a bath. Another person, yeah. it's taking a month off. Like yeah. So knowing what that is for you is Pe also really yeah. important. People should have an understanding of what their self-care and mental health uh, uh, efforts are are like what needs to happen for you mm -hmm. you can read as many cosmopolitan fucking buzzfeed articles about oh have a bath yeah. might not be for you yeah right just go for a walk that'll clear all of your anxiety and depression and it's like well sometimes you know the one i hate go to the gym <laughs> oh god I hate when they're like oh it work getting you down uh feeling uh overwhelmed go to the gym and run it out mm -hmm. i'm like not all the time have you tried yoga to completely oh, zen your, oh or meditate god. i hate when people lie about meditating mm -hmm. too. I know so many people like, yeah, I wake up and I meditate for 20 minutes every day. And I'm like, no, you don't. But that's and, just my own. Until <laughs> you, you know, take on a lever that actually has a meditation app on their phone and you wake up next to them and they're okay. in a silent zone and you can't access them because they're meditating. That's oh, actually yeah. kind of beautiful. I've never dated somebody who meditated. ASMR yeah. and sound therapy was honestly the closest thing to me. Yeah. But but yeah, some people make it seem a little bit too easy. Like, yeah, I just meditate. Yeah, I just go to the gym or just do yoga. Like, it's not always that simple. I have such a hard time getting to that state mm -hmm. where you're like relaxed. Yeah. And I, I just need to I need to know work is being done. And for me, work is being done is an electricity that runs through me. Yeah. It's not a calm. Yes. It's exciting. It's, yeah. it's energy. It's energetic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that keeps you moving forward. Yeah. Maybe but, I should go to the gym for stress. Well, they, they can be an issue if you can't sleep at night. Like, yeah. You have all that hyper energy. And that happens to me a lot, too. Like if I'm like doing a gig that is a night job, like if I'm at the strip club. There's no winding down as soon as I get home. You have that beat in your head all night. You're wired from the day. You're thinking about all the conversations you had. It's really hard to wind down when you have such like a personal, personable yeah. job. Some people would say it's impossible to do it alone as well. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of I'm us alone. are just ill-equipped. I like being alone, but a lot of us are ill-equipped yeah. to doing that investigation in ourselves to make sure that we are happy and healthy. Oh, yeah. The check-ins. Oh, my God. I'm not against therapy. Yeah. Like anybody who needs to talk to somebody. Sometimes we really just need to talk and vent. So I'm I'm a big venter. Sometimes I just need to, like, get shit out. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, OK, I feel a little better. I was just a little yeah. pissed off and had to air it out. You know? Send some voice memos. You know. I, I am the queen <laughs> of no. voice memos. I love it. I love it. I'm like, she's driving right now. Now, but yep. I guess it just requires you to hit a button, right? Yeah, you just like sweep it to the side and it holds, and it's like the best and worst because I'm just kind of talking to nobody and just letting out all my feelings but, and but thoughts. But I, and that is a form of therapy. <laughs> it really is, in all honesty. Yeah. Should we drop the name of this damn podcast? Oh yeah, honestly, right? We will do our in intro, and then they can splice in what we were doing before. Oh too, yeah. Afterwards. Okay. I, I just that was that was and very fun. beautiful. That was part of the banter. Yeah. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A Mouthful with Laura and Romy. Presented by Cam4. Shout out, Cam4. Ooh, ooh. Hey. Thanks for uh, for having us back. Mm. And I'm sure that's what all of you are saying as well. Thanks for having us back. You're goddamn right. Thank we you like, for joining us. We like having you listen. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very personal touch when it comes to what you need to stay sane. Yeah. When you're in an industry like entertainment, let's just keep it as wide as entertainment. Oh, complete all of it. And it all ties in together because, I mean, you are you're a host, you're a presenter, you're a dancer, you're a content creator. Like you write scripts, you're on the phone, you do production and management. Like it's overwhelming. It can really be overwhelming. And uh, most of the people I talk to that are in my social world, Mm -hmm. my friends, Right now, I'm having a really hard time accessing what I thought was a friendship, but I'm hearing from people all the time, you're just too busy. Mm. And it's becoming an offense to a lot of people that I'm too busy. And trust me, I would love I would love to have more time to sit and have an unwinding, yeah. you know, week of just chilling with friends. Yeah. But in, you know, today's rat race... You really got to be, you know, tactful about where you put your energy. And for me right now, it's kind of just everywhere. Yeah. And you have to be on top of your business and your work because if you're not, you're going to get like stigma and shit for yeah. that. Like, I don't want to be somebody who's also hanging out more than I'm working. Right. And also, too, I don't really like when people give you too much shit for being too busy. I almost feel like that's an unfair thing. Maybe if you just like never are returning messages or but it's tricky. I don't get on them about being... <sighs> unmotivated exactly like oh must be nice to have the day off all the time sorry exactly right (laughs) it's like no no but it's true (laughs) you know it's like we each have different paths yeah and we're going about them in the ways that we think are best for us Mm -hmm. i think we try and do that as much as we can yeah um but you know uh, burnout has been my biggest enemy it really it has but it's just because you're a workaholic because i know how much you love to work and every time you're in la the main thing you're talking about is the next time you're gonna be in la that's all i care about i get it when's the next time i'm here yeah i don't want to think about like settling down like that almost sounds even like scarier sometimes yeah Yeah. i get it like Ahead, ahead, you go but, forward, not backward. But it is different because mm. in porn, mm. I mean, you run your whole corporation, you run your whole organization. You're the boss bitch. At you run point. you run everything. Yeah. Which is uh which is what you strive for, but at the same time, you're busier than ever the right. more you do that. And then at the same time, it's all on, you know, me, us for yeah. how successful I am and how much money I make that day, that week, that month is completely on how much I put into it, what I'm willing to do, especially when it's creating my own content. Yeah. Like, you know, I can stay in bed all day, which can be great sometimes and like what I should Necessary, be doing yeah. completely. But then, you know, if I got out of bed that day, I can pay some bills. Absolutely. So y- you really got to pick and choose. And at that point, but it's that beauty. It is on me. So uh, maybe I do that to myself. I like to see how far I can push myself. But, but that's just it. And like there mm. is still this ridiculous opinion from mm. so much of the majority out there that porn and anyone involved in porn mm. you know they're they kind of they just i guess had to do it need to do it yeah. aren't, aren't able to get themselves out of it and mm-hmm. it's like what people what a misconception is that i think a lot of the public has is that you are required 
to be on all levels of running a successful company. Yeah. You're not just in an office punching a clock like these people who have this opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, like you really, you come, you come with a toolbox, but you continuously have to be sharpening those knives. Yes. You've got to be keeping everything equipped to the utmost. Things are evolving so fast. Completely. And the, what an adult entertainer is has also evolved a lot. We have so many other job descriptions, like you were saying, and so yeah. many things that we can dip our toes and get our hands into, like... Like photography, right. like editing and production and directing and just getting better with lights and cameras and totally. sound and uh, writing books and doing erotica and doing speeches and talks with people. You have to have so so much versatility in mm -hmm. your strength yeah. in the adult business. Yeah. You truly do. And it's just so, I find it just such a fucking mismatch when you hear these people assume that porn people are incapable of pursuing successful professional lives. Yeah, that there's no other exploits, that everybody's going to be judgmental and not want right. to work with you, and it's not always the case. Right, right. I mean, this is why, look, I know, season one I spent a long time saying that porn people are superheroes, but, you know, you really, you really are in your own sense, especially to be able to surface and have mainstream appeal, have massive followings when sex is still something that is so controversial. I mean, you do have to have thick skin and come on a moment's notice. So yeah. yeah, true, right? <laughs> That's harder for the guys. I mean, That's it's harder for the guys. I mean, well, not the good ones. Yeah. yeah. That's why it is harder to break into the industry as a guy than a girl. Different job descriptions, but I do feel like if the, the woman has more uh, immediate opportunities. So if she is a businesswoman who is excited about sex yeah. and excited to talk about it and really wants to to explore more and grow and educate people like this is an amazing time to be in the industry it really is really anywhere it really really is even though YouTube is canceling all kinds of content even if it has an ounce a sprinkling a piece of something that might be salacious you know people mm. are trying to constantly shut it down the word porn gets shut down places I'm like just the word and yet there's evolutions within the industry that bring so much hope and so mm -hmm. much uh, um, it's necessary to see, you know, certain foundations addressing the mental health, yes. the physical health, the well-being of people that make up. What really goes into it besides like, you know, having tits, ass and a dick. There's yeah. a, there's a lot you need to be prepared for and how you need to mentally prepare and to think of the long term. Yeah. Long term is much more important. Long term health physical health, financial stability. Huge. It's That's it's, a huge one. You just nothing's guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. As you would say, like you yeah. you need to be smart about it. Yeah, it has to be a thought process nowadays. Like I think yeah. it's it's silly to get into porn or adult at all if you're just trying to be like in and out and you're not really trying to grow. I mean, in that case, hey, do do cam work. Hey man, yeah. do like OnlyFans, but to get into hardcore pornography, like that is completely unnecessary nowadays if all you want is like a quick buck and to shake your tits around a little bit totally you have many opportunities and many other facets to get into in sex work yeah I, I'm I'm so excited about our guest today because of this. I'm excited. I don't. I actually really don't know her. I'm really excited to meet her officially. Absolutely. Um, she's an absolute icon mm -hmm. in the biz. Mm -hmm. uh, you know her name. I'm sure you've watched a lot of her fabulous content out there. And uh, she's pretty elusive. Mm -hmm. So getting this opportunity is a thrill today. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't really need to wrangle her into the studio for this one. Should we call her up? But we're gonna call her up. <laughs> you want to call her up and get her on the line? Yeah. Let's get this out. Get ready for the unveiling. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Mm-hmm. And our super special guest is coming in via Skype today. <gasps> Bam! It's Miss Stoya, all the way in New York City. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Stoya, it's so exciting to get the chance to uh, to have you in on this this podcast and this conversation. Uh, people know your name. People know that you know you're an icon in the industry. You left. Were you living in LA ever? You're now a New York based content creator can you kind of catch us up to what you do and why it's happening in new york for you mm-hmm. so, um i i did live in la briefly a couple of times like i think it was under a year each time um and when i was a contract performer most of the job was actually promotion mm-hmm. so you're constantly at the airport regardless yeah. um you know, especially in the mid 2000s, like going to literal stores, brick and mortar stores. Um, And so it made sense to like live where I was happy, right? And um, most of, it's really like, it's it's globalism in action. Mm -hmm. Like most Mm -hmm. of my work is either something I can do from my laptop anywhere in the world, Mm or it's in New York or in Europe. Um, So living in Los Angeles, like just like doesn't make sense. Um, And moving overseas is a huge commitment and you have to take the cats. Um, (laughs) And you can't, you you can't just like take two cats on an airplane casually. It's a whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a huge commitment. And um, as far as being a New York-based content creator, you know, pornography, professional pornography was ruled as prostitution in, I believe, the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to be very careful about what you shoot in New York because the precedent is there and you don't want to be the person who's rolling the dice and, like, seeing how this is gonna play out. Um, so we shoot or we we create with Zero Spaces um, pinup work in New York. We create um, documentary work. We create, um, we create things that are categorizable as art, mm-hmm. um, but to shoot the actual hardcore we have to go to California where things are getting increasingly complicated or New Hampshire, which is, I got one scene out of it, um, around 80 ways, New Hampshire, but I don't know if I could come up with something that would make use of New Hampshire a second time. Um, or overseas, which for around the world in 80 ways works great. Um, for the higher production stuff, it would be really nice to do it like where I'm embedded in the art community and I have connections who are like really professional and talented. Um, but you know, you make, you make the best you can with what's available. Yeah. What is around the world in 80 ways? Um, it is mostly, so it's, it's developed over time. Um, initially it was me and another performer in a place that possibly had some like sexually relevant landmark, but if it didn't, then at least we could get like a pretty, um, and proof of having traveled backdrop somewhere. 
Um, and now it's, now it's turned into something that's like kind of journalistic. It's basically when I got into porn, I heard the term gonzo porn and I had this amazing mental image of what Hunter S. Thompson would do if he was making porn. (laughs) And then, you know, like five minutes later, I found out that was not what gonzo porn was whatsoever. Um, So this is me like herring off into the forest being like, this is what gonzo porn is in my head. Um, And so like there's, there's an episode, um, that takes place in Amsterdam and I got permission to film in one of the red light windows. And, um, then I go back to a hotel room with Mickey Mott and we have sex and I want to go back. Um, you know, and like dear internet, this will be like probably a year before it's ready. Um, but I'd like to go back to Amsterdam and interview some of the window workers and like put that into inning. Um, so it's it's a really strange piece of sexually explicit media. How's it being received? Like, as far as what the audience uh, experience is, what are you hearing feedback-wise? Are people getting, you know, just a jerk-off opportunity, or are people starting to see this as, you know, a more interesting uh, medium, a more interesting presentation of adult content? The more um, The more context and information I put in, the more people seemed to like it. And the feedback I was getting was, I don't like porn, but I like this, Mm. which is where I like to live, kind of in that like gray zone that people occasionally take a stab at from mainstream or from pornography. But that like, you know, like what exactly is porn? Mm. Um, What are are the boundaries of it? What can we do that's kind of in the middle? Um, And like, how can I use what I've picked up doing narrative acting to like make the porn I make more interesting also. Um, and the, the porn experience does inform the acting. I feel like that's worth mentioning, but, um, yeah, the feedback, I mean, of course, of course there are the people that are like, you know, more close up pussy shots, please. Sure. I'm, of course. But from my perspective, it's like, okay, well, then there's like enough of a library of that and enough performers who are still happy to produce like an endless stream of it that you don't really need me to shoot more of it. So it's much more organic uh, sex and positions. It's not all about like opening up, as we say. Is is it more real sex? Um more realistic sex but the thing i always get stuck on with the concept of real sex is like we have or we can imagine this kind of like spectrum of observation yeah so at one end you're like all alone in your apartment the doors are locked the windows are drawn the lights are out, you're going to be one way. And then you introduce a partner, you turn the lights on, et cetera, et cetera. And all the way at the other end, it's like a 50 person crew, super high production, like epic orgy scene with like eight participants and extras on screen. Um, And you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to see this video Mm -hmm. And you're going to be a whole lot more performative. Yeah, that's um, true. So Around the World in 80 Ways exists, like, 
I don't know, three fifths of the way towards mm-hmm. the most exhibitionistic. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy it more than being on like a professional set? I would, I would assume so. Yes. I, um, I did it first and then I started to enjoy being on other people's sets more again because all I had to do was focus on my performance. Right, just show up, right? Oh. So, yeah. Story, you're kind of out of the, the mainstream bulk of, let's say, the porn that's being produced and being put out there today. You've really just carved your own path and you're pursuing it. But I'm so desperate to know what your thoughts are on the industry today we're in like a post me too setting you know like we're in this is you know porn's been public for how long now you know there's a lot of realities uh that have changed since you've kind of stepped out of that mainstream zone of it what are your thoughts on it are you watching what's happening on social media um i'm not watching what's happening on social media super hard um you know i've always been more drawn to the feminist, queer, and art porn kind of creators and performers. Um, But when I was under contract to a major studio, I was frequently interacting with more mainstream performers. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, my Twitter feed remains the same, but I'm not on mainstream sets um, or really at the conventions. So, um, I don't, I don't really know Do you what's think going the industry on? has become a better place in the past, like five, 10 years? Cause I feel like even I've noticed a difference in seven, some ways great, some ways could still be improved, but do you see a difference as somebody who has like such a history and been a contract girl and now creating their own content? Is it a different world out here? I think, I think the democratization of content creation and distribution has been hugely beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, Now performers can build their brands on their own, creating their own work Mm -hmm. and then market themselves as an out of the box asset to companies. So they have more bargaining power and like a stronger ground to negotiate from if they decide they want to work for mainstream companies. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm very worried about, um, this permit bill. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still, I'm still wrapping my head around, um, shooting people with the new employee designation. I have to check in with my lawyer about that. Um, is that what that is? Yeah, I, I don't remember the mm-hmm. the name of it. Mm-hmm. I know I'm seeing it described as the, the permit bill. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate because there are a couple of things that in theory could be very beneficial, mm-hmm. like educating performers on what trafficking is so we see it mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. happening in front of us. Like, I think that's worth doing because it might, catch an occasional instance and you know anything we can do to make it on industry a safer space mm-hmm. is great but i don't think the california government is going to be the most helpful with education on that um and that's that's just one of the aspects that's like really kind of a head scratcher mm-hmm. um where would you say safety is lacking 
Um, I think I think we need better organization with um, better organization with reporting of inappropriate working conditions, mm-hmm. and that can be uh-huh. anything from they kept me on set for twelve hours and all they fed us was McDonald's, mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. to someone followed someone else into the bathroom and tried to engage in sexual activity with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like definitely having some organization, but it has to be worker led and like yeah. the workers be the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think this should be coming from the California government or the federal government. Um, I think another thing where safety is lacking is the 2257 paperwork. And I know the Free Speech Coalition has been working on this for a long time, but having people's social security numbers flying around all over the place. Yeah, no shit. It's just a bit like, okay, guys, like, I get what you're trying to do here, but in the process, you're really putting us at risk. And, you know, it's 2020. I think we can come up with a better system. Yeah. Why do you think it's such a challenge to get the industry to organize themselves and get behind something like this? You know, many people would say the industry is so much like any other industry. You know, you've got your general competitions, you've got your trends and flows, you're able to, you know, work within it and succeed within it. But, you know, other industries are able to organize and unionize. Why is porn a place that is faced with such challenge on this? So it's a three-part answer, and the fun part is going to be seeing if I remember all three. Yes. Um, One. The employee slash independent contractor status of performers until recently when California decided that performers are employees, that was up in the air. Mm. Now, do I want to be an employee? No, Mm. because as an independent contractor, I have more say over how I do my job and I like that. Mm. But the state of California has decided and so it is Um, until that happened. Porn literally could not unionize. You must be an employee to unionize. Mm -hmm. And everything else about unionization comes from that, like, basic requirement. Um, And two, high rate of turnover. Mm -hmm. We get so many performers who come in for, like, five minutes and then they're gone. Um, I do think, not actually five minutes, you know, six months, a year and a half, Mm I do think that that wonderful democratization of distribution and creation will help more performers have stable long-term careers. Um, so that could already be changing. Right. Roman, you would probably know more than I do. Um, and who you talk to and ask for sure, but. It, I think it's getting better in terms of like the content creation and like the brand creation on their own. And it was interesting. You mentioned uh, uh, the the law and the California and how we have to be regarded as employees. Did you know that like most companies were tweeting and telling girls, I don't know if this is tea, but it's been very public that like they can't or won't shoot uh, performers unless they're incorporated or LLC. Like they're saying, well, now you have to be or else they have to regard us as employees. So then they'd have to pay us hourly benefits over time. And like a part of me didn't know if like that was really for the performer's benefit or are they forcing everybody to incorporate so they don't have to follow those laws? Is that I don't know. So 
oh, this is ugly, but I'm going to be honest anyway. Um, I don't want to shoot anyone in California who isn't incorporated right now. I do agree, yes, but. For God's sake, I have ADHD. <laughs> I'm the CEO of two companies that's chief executive officer with ADHD, which is a disorder of executive function. And um, in the next couple of days, so by the time this podcast is out, we'll be announcing the chief operations officer and chief financial officer who will be coming on board to Zero Spaces, and that'll take a lot of the pressure off. Um but I just don't have it in me right now to wrap my head around how to hire a worker in California as an employee mm -hmm. on a very brief basis. And I know there's a system for that. I just have to do the research. But I, I want my CFO on board so she can help with it. Um, so for like the next few weeks, I'm on the I can't shoot you unless you're incorporated yeah. team. Um, and then I'll go ahead and explain why it's ugly. Um, it's me pushing the work off onto the workers. Mm. Um, it's me as management saying, I don't want to deal with this, so you have to do more work. Yeah. Um, and that's shitty, and that's capitalism, and that's the way it is until I get the resources on board that I need to tackle it and be able to hire people who aren't incorporated as well mm. um phew. no no thank you for answering that honestly because I was very confused by it too like it, it seems like you could see it from both sides you could play it from both sides so at the same time if you are you should be incorporated if you're in this kind of business because you are a brand and you are making money off of yourself like yeah you're an independent contractor but you're also a mini business yeah. so that's why it was really hard when people would talk about unionizing because half the people would want to unionize and then the other half is like but I don't want to be an employee right. I like being my own person so it's it's hard. It's tricky. I totally agree. Story a third thing on why it's so difficult to get everyone organized. Mm. Yes. So um, let's think for a minute about what porn is from the outside. I love this. <laughs> it's a heavily stigmatized industry um, that many perceive as dangerous, scummy, um, you know, people have described it as a harrowing experience. Um, so now let's think about the kind of person who looks at that and says, yeah, I'll take the risk. True story. Because we all did that at a certain point. Like, we were like, yeah, I'll stick around to find out more about this. Um, so the, uh, the conditions that surround pornography in a social way, um, the way it's perceived, the effects it has on your ability to work in other fields later, um, the, the social judgment, all that, it self-selects for the kind of person who's fiercely independent, mm. um, one could say stubborn. Mm. Uh, so I think another barrier is just that like, it's really hard to get that kind of person to like join up for a group thing, right? Because everybody has their own ways of doing things. 
and you can do yeah. things so differently than somebody else in this industry. There's so many ways to go and ways to evolve. You must feel like a one man army. You kind of have to be. That's why, like, you know, you have to have moments of being very stubborn and like steadfast. And I want this and this is what I will and won't tolerate. Or no, I don't want to take this shitty rate or deal with this shitty person or work on an unclean set. Like it's all of those little things that snowball. Yeah. And then when you get to a point of being like, you know what? No. I'm going to be a little ruder, maybe a little bit more honest, maybe speak out a little more, a little bit. Yeah. You know, Stoya, do you see all of these foundations that have surfaced in the last couple of years, like pineapple support or uh, cupcake girls? Like, are you seeing uh, any of that making a difference? Do you know what they do? Um, I, I've interacted with the cupcake girls at a couple of exoticas um, a few years ago. And they seemed very sweet. Mm -hmm. And being reminded to drink water is like super useful. Mm -hmm. um, being reminded to drink water in a kind, non judgmental way mm -hmm. is something that some of us at various points in our careers like kind of need. Yeah. Um, and for the ones who like never need it or like don't need it at the time, it's still just like a nice little interaction, yeah. Uh, yeah. which can be like a, like a palate cleanser in between some of the harder ones. Yeah. Um, and like, there's definitely, I've had, I've had fans fill that palate cleanser role as well. Like there have been ones where it's like, you are totally seeing me, mm -hmm. And this feels really like awesome and I'm happy that you like my work and like, yes, please do come back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And pineapple support I haven't interacted with, but I hear good things. I think it's crucial for sex workers to have access to mental health resources mm. that accept sex work as real work because Completely. trying to see a mental health professional that doesn't understand that is exhausting. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the ideal mental headspace for someone that could be successful in the adult industry? What needs to be in check? I, um, I think, I think it's more about like, what do you need to look out for along the way? Because everyone's path is going to be different. Everyone's going to have their own strengths and weaknesses. Um, so, like, you know, for instance, mine was reading the comments. Uh, yeah. And my writing got a lot sharper, but my soul started to hurt. Oh. So <laughs> I had to stop reading the comments. Um, I promise you... <laughs> It is worth it. Um, but, you know, there are other people that have other points of vulnerability sure. or, sure. Um, you know, habits that don't serve them or like whatever. So, you know, be careful when you're branding yourself of believing your own press. Mm. Like, keep an eye on that. Be careful when you're editing yourself of becoming excessively self-critical. Mm. Um, you know, when you're like, looking at six different takes trying to find the best shot and your critical like director brain is engaged find a way to like release that when it's over and don't carry that into like the rest of your life um you'll drive yourself up a wall 
um, keep an eye on burnout and Annie Sprinkle did a great um, poster resource about this years ago. It lists the signs. I think they're still valid today. Um, But, you know, listen for yourself becoming frazzled. And when you are, take a break. So when times are good, make sure to set aside a nest egg for when you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you want to have a career... It's one it's one thing if you just need like eighty thousand dollars to pay for school. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you want to do this as a career, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, agreed. Yeah. And take care of your body. Yeah. Like really. Yeah. It's your tool. Mm-hmm. Like, I just sit there vaping, Stoya. <laughs> it's healthier. <laughs> Of smoking. There you yes. go. Baby you, step. You mentioned press and not believing the press that uh, you know might try to define you. You're 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 a public figure, Stoya. You're a known name in this industry, and you've made a mark in this industry. A lot of people will try and decide what you're going to be forever known as. But in your own mind and in your own pursuits, at the end of the day, what do you want to be most famous for, known for, mm. talked about for years to come? Like, what's that? impression you want to make I um I mean I I hope it's less an impression and like more uh description based on execution but I'm I'm really interested in getting us a working definition of what pornography is and furthering discussion of porn, of how it affects our lives, of the difference between porn and real life, um, the different kinds of porn there are, what porn can do for people, um, with a little bit of like, you know, how to communicate better in the bedroom Mm -hmm. too, because that seems to be sorely lacking. And you do, you do so much other than just video content creation. I've seen, you've got that erotic book club. You are a lot of events. You're a speaker. You're an advocate for a lot of the other elements that surround the adult industry. And can you give us a little bit of an idea of some of those other things that you do? Um, oh God. Go into them a little, because I, I, I want to know all that you do. I have a sex advice column with Rich Juzwiak, who is delightful, at Slate.com called How to Do It. Um, I write one to two columns per week myself. Rich writes two to one columns per week himself. Once a week, we have a chat column where we talk about one question. Um and it's delightful i've been doing it for a year and a couple of months now um you know when i first got into porn someone was like what's your retirement plan and i was like i'd like to be dan savage Ooh, and yeah. now i'm like oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm like i'm not as cool as him but i do have an advice column 2.0 baby um, yeah yeah. Um, and I do the sex lit um, book club where we talk about a piece of sexual literature. Sometimes it's fiction. Sometimes it's a graphic novel. Um, this year we're doing Samuel Delaney's Times Square Red, Times Square Blue, which is literary nonfiction. Um, and 
one of the things that that group has been about is, all right, what is porn? Mm -hmm. Um, Song of Solomon from the Bible, definitely not porn. (laughs) Glad we did it, though. Um, Anything anything could be porn, though. Mm -hmm. Come on. (laughs) Surely that there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's that's the third Sunday of every month in Gowanus. we're launching another event in the next few months called Sex Bingo that may replace Sexlit. Sexlit is a lot of reading. Yeah. But you love like that. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't get to read much that isn't nonfiction sex books for the column mm. or fiction and literary sex books for the book club. Like, there's so much of your, I would say, like, your whole world is just so consumed by your love of sex and the effect of, you know, erotic on the public. Why? When did this come to you that you wanted to pursue a life exploring the effects of sex on the public? I don't know. I remember being a teenager and being fascinated by the, like, third wave feminist sex positive stuff. Um, And... I knew of Annie Sprinkle Mm. from her career as a performance artist. Mm. Um, And I don't know, like at the beginning of working in porn, it just sounded fun. And then the longer I did it, the more I was like, wow, this like breaks people's brains. Um, Like what's up with that? And now I'm like, I'm a notorious pornographer. So I feel like I have a right to like dig into this problem. And um, also I feel like not many people are going to do it. But people are like endlessly curious. Everybody wants to know more about sex and love and the pursuit of it all. That's just it is that it dominates so much of, you know, the actions we make in this life. It's all about, Mm -hmm. am I going to get sex out of this or not? Am I going to feel that pleasure that I get during sex? It's one of those ultimate gratifying experiences. It's sublime. It's bliss. Do you still feel that way about sex, Stoya? Like the act of it? Mm. When it's good. When it's good. What makes it good? What makes it good? When it's good. Um, There's... Part of it is getting on the same wavelength or like tempo. Um, Some people are really easy to do that with. Others aren't. Um, Part of it's like, did I have great orgasms? Mm. Uh, Some orgasms are kind of like, well, that happened. Yeah, Yeah, there's mediocre orgasms, (laughs) believe it or not. It sounds like, you know, like it's not a possible thing, but there is a mediocre orgasm. Mm -hmm. And it it happened. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Um, that was fine, you know. Yeah. But like, did, did I have great ones? Or like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, and is there is there open communication which enables you to like feel comfortable being free and improvisational? Mm. Um, you know, some, some people can't articulate themselves well around sex Mm. or around a certain area of sex and so it can be very difficult to like communicate Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know the full vocabulary um and so then you wonder like their feelings like oh i'm not even going to try that because i'm not sure if they can say no to me Mm. um do you think you have better sex now 
Like, does it always getting better with more knowledge, more experiences? There's a, there's a general upward trend. Um, Although like there have definitely been dips (laughs) where it's like, like, I don't know what was wrong with me or like I dated this one person for a while. And like, why did I keep going Uh back to that dick? (laughs) Devil dick. Yeah. We're going to have that eternal reflection in our life as sexual creatures. Did I really need that dick? Was that dick worth it? You know, but I was hopeful for that dick for a minute. I thought that dick could do it. You know, you know, every other dick. Exactly. (laughs) So Stoya in 50 years from now, I want you to look into your crystal ball right now, 50 years from now, what changes are we going to see in the opinion of pornography and sex in the culture? Yeah. Um, I, I really believe that it's going to be just another kind of entertainment. Mm. Um, I think, I think we'll have sex ed that is as explicit as it needs to be. Mm. I think we will be able to make, um, increasingly interesting and increasingly high production work with different perspectives on what sex is and what it can be. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, Shine Louise Houston has gone from Crash Pad series to crowdfunding Snapshot Mm -hmm. and successfully crowdfunding her second large feature. Um, Yeah. So, and that's just in like, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna see more support for more intricate pornographic projects. I think we're also gonna see mainstream increasingly dealing with sexuality in a direct way. Um, and I think we're already seeing all these conversations about how you know romance movies give us bad ideas just as much as porn does, mm. and we need to be more. Um, we need to be engaging our critical thinking when we're dealing with all media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all propaganda. You know, it's a mind. Control. A lot of these romantic comedies are showing like really toxic relationships. Sometimes yeah. I'm always like really surprised what people think is romantic. Someone needs to do this. Mm. Sex advice for rom-coms. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. No, give me, yeah. give me a nugget. Like, like watch a rom-com and then be like like what you would say to your friend if she was doing this yeah. like for instance Fifty Shades, do not get in that helicopter you should never cross the line by air on a first date honestly don't sign that contract without a lawyer right <laughs> honestly though that is so funny. Yeah, we don't talk about it. We just accept the fantasy because we want to surrender to it, right? It's fun because we're not the ones dealing with it. Yeah. But I was, I was at the comedy <laughs> store last night, and Ali Wong came up, and she had a really funny uh, uh, commentary saying how, you know, reality TV today especially. She goes, mm-hmm. look, I watch the Kardashians. A lot of us do. Mm-hmm. And she said it makes me long for an NBA boyfriend that cheats on me. You know why? Because when he cheats on me, I get to run away to a tropical paradise for six months and live my bad bitch life. Mm -hmm. So you see these kinds of fantasies. Like, there's weird fantasies out there, but we're seeing a lot of that shit in reality TV especially. Yeah. And that's, that's just not it, is that it's not, you know... 
it's it's starting to skew people's ideas of what you know where they're pulling these fantasies from yeah, yeah. It, when it really takes a lot of time and effort and money what and, the fuck are you really thinking about you know yeah. like, like where is that head really going you could wake up with pillow lips the next day but it's it's, it's not going to happen <laughs> overnight you're going to have to visit a doctor or something no, but you have, yeah that's <laughs> the reality right there do you um story do you talk to much uh, of the public outside of the adult industry and if so like what do you tell them about yourself when you make that first introduction mm. um so I have, I have this one friend who's a journalist and illustrator her name's Molly she's incredibly talented and she throws these large parties with all these fascinating people and um I've known her and been going to her parties for like 10 years now in New York and 10 years ago it was um it was people being very concerned about exploitation mm -hmm. five years ago it was people asking if the capitalistic exploitation was any different given the sexual nature right um and the last party i was at i was introduced to a woman named sarah and she asked what i did for a living and I told her pornography, and she said, oh, I'm with the Democratic Socialists of America. Oh, wow. um, asterisk, they are very vocal about the fact that sex work is real work. Oh, I love that. Uh, she's like, I'm with the DSA. Uh, have you spent time in Iran? And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, you pronounced my name right. Oh. Like, that, that was the first thing she wanted to know. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So the, the tone of the general public really has changed, mm. I believe, mm. at, at least in New York City, mm. for what that's worth. Have you not faced any stigma as being in a, in a sex worker, adult entertainer for any of the other ventures that you've been on? Because there are even you can't speak at some uh, colleges asking about a sex ed, even if you are a sex educator, but also a sex worker. Have you had any stigma like that? Um, I haven't had any problems really with that, um, except my book, Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn, because it's got the word porn in the title. I thought it was brilliant. I'm like, this described, like, Stoya thinking things about porn, porn happening, and random cats popping up, because these are memoristic essays and I pay attention to cats. Um, so I'm like, brilliant title summarizes the book i read it i love it i thought it was so candid and there's some incredible fucking stories in there some beautifully erotic some heartbreaking i absolutely loved it thank you yeah. uh but then on amazon if you try to search for it it doesn't come up because it's got the word porn in amazon the shadow banned you <laughs> yeah what yeah <laughs> oh my god I th they didn't even just put like a, a block over the word porn no. or no, and like every once in a while, it'll start popping back up for a few days, but then it disappears again. And I'm like, God damn, like I should have seen this coming. The censorship, man. <laughs> it's weird where it is and where it's not. Yeah. You said porn. <gasps> no, that's just it. But like, you're not much of a social media person or are you? Like, have you ever faced any of those cancellations or shutdowns or shadow bannings? Uh I have I have a pretty active social media account yeah. that is run by the delightful Audrey, who makes sure everything functions at Stoya Inc. Mm -hmm. um, 
and every once in a while I'll go in and like post a tweet myself or like, you know, if I see something that I like, I'll like it, um, on Instagram, I go through and like things. Um, but Audrey like digs through all the messages and like make sure get posted at the best times of day. Um, cause there is sort of a, a science yeah. to it or an art yeah. craft. There's a craft to Good it. Um, and do you like social media do you think of it as a valuable tool and the way people use it i used to love it um i made a lot of interesting connections with fascinating people i got really interesting work out of it um now it's a trash fire yeah Um, (laughs) and you know i do i do think it still sells product Mm -hmm. um but I, I no longer enjoy it. Mm. Um, that's why I've handed it off to Audrey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Twitter. Sometimes my tweets are suspiciously um, low circulation, and other times they really go. So I think that merely has to do with recent algorithm changes that apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. And Instagram, you know, I've had posts taken down and now every time they change their terms of service, I do a pass and make sure everything's in compliance. Um, But it really, you know, soon they're going to have to define what pornography is. Yes. Um, Is it just nipples? Is it penetration? What is it? Right. Yeah, and I'm really curious how they're going to handle that because that's like my big focus but you, right yeah, you've now. You've been talking this about exploring is... it. Do you have a definition yet? Um, I, you know, if I like had to come up with one right this second, yeah. <laughs> I would say it is sexually explicit material that the majority of peers would consider arousing and um uh what's the what's the line with obscenity about it having no um educational historical or creative contribution i see where you're going i'm here for it i see where you're going here i see it i see it you're really you're coming close to it though I, I, it's a lot. It's a big thing to try and capture and to boil down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you know, it has to be. It has to be imprecise because it's so interpretable. Yeah. Like what browsing? You're gonna get literally a million different answers mm-hmm. if you ask people. Yeah. Stoya, you, people jerk off to you all day long. Okay, that's a reality. People jerk off to you, and they will forever. You have a loyal jerk off following of people who just fucking love you. You're also so insanely well versed, so read, so curious. You're so involved. I mean, you must intimidate the shit out of anyone hoping to actually like make a connection with you. Potentially, you know, fuck you. You know. Yeah. So what does it take? You How know, do we what, fuck you, Storia? What, yeah, what's what's what, what what are you looking for? What How do we do I it? <laughs> um, I mean, Romy, things can be arranged. Uh, I mean, but uh, I love see. Oh, my, see, my life is so nice. It's, <laughs> sex can be so easy, you guys. I don't understand what everybody's complaining about, right? <laughs> like, how do you feel about Greenland or? Uh, well, Greenland's Latvia. 
Isn't that the opposite? Like Greenland's huh? the icy one. Iceland is green. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah, Greenland's the icy one. Um, I mean, I'm, I'll, yeah, really... I'll go anywhere with you, baby. Where do you want to go? Let's go on vacation. <laughs> what? Romy's not intimidated. She's yeah, here for I'm it. Yeah, here. Let's talk. Yeah, and this is how around the world anyways happens. Um, so it takes, it takes like really a certain amount of confidence. It takes an incredible amount of consideration. I'm, I'm really sensitive when I'm off the clock. Um, I think it's because you have to like deal with so many strange but certain opinions mm-hmm. that are inaccurate. Or, um, you know, deal with so many men who really think they're going to die without licking your asshole yeah. or, like, whatever their problem is. Um, die. <laughs> and, die. and mostly I just don't have that much free time anymore. Yeah, right. I understand that. They're like, why don't you date and go out more? I'm like, when, where? I just spent but half the day fucking somebody they, else. They need to understand that. Yeah. You know, like, they need to get that. Mm. And if I hear another guy say to me, you're just too busy, you know, like it's you would never of, say that to a man. It's kind of impossible to even imagine, you know, a, a relationship or some kind of encounter with you beyond just a one off because you're too busy. But don't you want love? I love when they go there. But if you say that to like a male or a professional athlete, they would laugh in your fucking face. Like I'm busy. I'm getting laid whenever I want to. Ooh. And I'm making money. It's my own time, honey. Yeah. And I have two cats. Exactly. Okay. Sure. Priorities. <laughs> Priorities. I love Stoya, that. we're just about out of time here on this episode. It's been such a, sh- a treat, an Aww. absolute fucking treat getting you fun. in on this. I love, I love chatting with you. Um, can we get your biggest piece of wisdom, a lesson that you've learned in your experience in the adult industry? Um, stick to what fits you. Like, stick to what feels right. Mm. Yeah. I love what feels good. Mm. But people are ambitious. Yeah. People wanna people wanna expand, you know. Uh, they wanna expand themselves to meet whatever trends might be popular, you know. But I, I like that. If it's not something comfortable to you, yeah. then why the hell are you doing it? Only try what you wanna try. Yeah. Shit. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah, uh, and if you're nervous, try it off camera first. Mm. Good one. Fun. Fucking good we'll one. We'll call you for that, right? Yeah. yeah. I, we haven't <laughs> tried things. Yeah. Stoya, where can people connect with you online? Um, Twitter at Stoya, Instagram at Stoya, uh, hellostoya.com, which barely gets updated. I'm sorry. Um, zerospaces.com, which is about to switch to monthly releases and will therefore be getting updated all the time. And, um, that's about it unless they find themselves in Gowanus, in which case they are welcome at the House of Scorpio loft. Mm -hmm. For sex lit. Amazing. Stoya, thank, thank you, you so, so, so much for today. And uh, we'll wrap this episode. Hope you've enjoyed a mouthful mm-hmm. with, uh, who is it, Laura and Romy? Yes, thank you so much for being here with us. That's right. And Stoya, just before we hang up with you, darling, we're going to take a photo between this television screen that I we love can see that. you on. <gasps> we're gonna take, so I'm going to get you to hold us a lovely little... Uh, is she uh, like our Bosley, like in Charlie's Angels? She's she just pops up on the screen and yeah. tells us what to do and yeah. then just leaves. I love so that. So don't, don't hang up just yet, Stoya. But uh, everyone listening, thank you. Thank you all. Wow.